Welcome to Fulfilled, the ninth season of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament? Over and over, the Old Testament shows us that God is a God who keeps his promises, and none more important, the promise of a Messiah who would restore creation to its creator. We are calling this season Fulfilled because we will walk through just a few of these prophecies and see how Christ perfectly fulfills them during his earthly incarnation. Let's listen in as our guests share about one of these fulfillments today. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. I am your host, Bethany, and we are in season nine, um, which is called Fulfilled. And we are looking at um, prophecies that were made in the Old Testament and how we see Christ fulfilling them um, when he came to earth in the New Testament. Um, Today, I am sitting here with my friend, Rachel. So Rachel, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and um, what your life looks like these days? Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, My name is Rachel Kimball, and I am a wife and mom, and um, I actually am a homeschool mom. So I have two kids that I homeschool, which is really hard, but a blessing. I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful to get to do that. My husband, um, Jeremy Kimball, is a professor at Cedarville University, and so we have lots of really cool opportunities with students and um, just building into them and helping them learn to love God and His Word and that's what we want to spend our lives on. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, so what prophecy from the Old Testament have you chosen to kind of look at in more depth today? Yeah, when you asked us to do this, I started <laughs> thinking through and I saw the list and then all of a sudden I was like, that's it. Because I love the idea of the seed of the woman mm. crushing the seed of the serpent. And so that's where we're at and kind of calling, mm. I think I stole this title from someone, but the skull crushing mm. seed of the woman. Mm, nice. um, so I'm excited to talk about that. I think it's a theme that unites the whole scripture and even points us to yeah. end times and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. so why don't you do, um, if you wouldn't mind, um, could you show us where uh, this passage comes from? Maybe read it for us if you'd like, and then sure. we can kind of talk about um, the context because we Great. always love context. Yes, right. Yeah. It's king. Um, this prophecy is first mentioned in Genesis 3, and it's such a tragic mm-hmm. part in the Bible. You have the beautiful garden, and then all of a sudden, everything goes wrong, and you're yeah. like, oh. And so um, Adam and Eve sinned, and then um, I'm going to start in verse 8, Genesis 3, verse 8, and I'm going to read through verse 15, and it says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Mm -hmm. 
So, and then it goes on, there's more to the curse, if you will, but that's where the prophecy first comes that the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent, that word bruised, crush that of the serpent and he would crush his heel or bruise his heel. So, so, um, what, what, you know, we, you kind of already alluded we're, we're in the garden. So Mm -hmm. what, what all is going on at the time of this Mm -hmm. prophecy, who was speaking? Um, what do you think this would have meant for the original hearers? Yeah, of that's songs? a really good question always to ask. Um, first of all, this is God speaking. Mm-hmm. He's speaking to Adam and Eve and the serpent. And I think it's important to see that God's first act of judgment, this is where he's pronouncing mm-hmm. judgment on mm-hmm. Adam and Eve and the serpent and all mankind through that. He's speaking judgment, but there's also in it the first promise of salvation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's interesting that you can see in scripture, um, salvation comes through judgment mm-hmm. in various ways. And so for instance, in this passage, um, the serpent is going to be judged because his head will be crushed, but that's only happening after he's bruised the heel mm-hmm. of the seed of the woman, which only happens after the woman has had pain in bearing the seed And then that only happens because the man has had hard labor to keep the woman and the seed alive. (laughs) So all of the curse and Mm -hmm. all of these judgments are actually through them is coming the salvation Mm -hmm. that God promised, which I just think is beautiful. And, and I think it's important to know, and I'm sure you've kind of finding this out with a lot of the prophecies in the Bible, God didn't just like prophesy, boom, Mm -hmm. and then nothing and then fulfillment. The Bible is a beautiful piece of literature, and it's more than that, but Mm -hmm. it is not less than that. Mm -hmm. And so in that, you see um, that God is reminding his people over and over again. And I'm going to quote, I just want to say, I forgot to say this, but a lot of the ideas I am talking about today, Mm -hmm. I got from an article by a man named Dr. Jim Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And then also um, there was a lecture by Dr. Chris Miller at Cedarville University Mm -hmm. that brought a lot of these ideas to mind. And then I obviously was talking to my husband, Jeremy (laughs) Kimball. And so I want to give them all credit for these ideas because I'm I'm really leaning heavily on a lot of what they said and and then studying it for myself too. But Jim Hamilton says this. He says, the Old Testament is... Excuse me. The Old Testament is a messianic document mm-hmm. written from a messianic perspective to sustain a messianic hope. So the whole point of that is that the Old Testament has all these promises and then the promises specifically this one the idea of the mm-hmm this serpent being crushed by the seed of the woman is um, repeated and um, used as a theme again and and again. Mm -hmm. And so God never forgot it. And if you read it carefully, you can just realize that that he always was reminding his people, Mm -hmm. it's coming. I'm going to do this. And he did it in the ultimate way Mm -hmm. in Christ, but then he did it in all of these little ways Mm -hmm. along the way to keep his people remembering. And uh, so this is a great, this is a great quote. So it's evident that there's like a lot of skull smashing happening mm-hmm. in the Bible, which I'm going to show you, which is yeah. so fun to see. Well, kind of gruesome, but it's <laughs> it's exciting to see because we see God keeping his promises. But this is a fun idea that bad guys get broken heads in the Bible. And that, that could be a, a, a sub subtitle for yeah, this episode. Bad heads get broken heads. And that's a quote too. But I mean, think about that in Sunday school, all of these Sunday school lessons you've learned, you're like, oh, he got his head smashed. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you some examples of that. That's great. So, 
Um, so I know eventually we're going to talk specifically about how Jesus fulfills, um, fulfills this and we'll, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you mentioned, you know, the intentionality, like we're three chapters in to all of history Mm -hmm. and we see God's intention. Like he had a plan, like this wasn't, you know, I think when I was younger and, you know, learning, you know, being taught about the Bible, I had this weird, um, weird idea that like, God is constantly coming up with like plan B when we, you know, screw something up. Oh no. And okay. Like, what am I going to yeah, do like, now? Oh, guess right. I got to, you know, fi- fix the story. It's not a choose, you know, he's not a choose your own adventure God. Right. Like he's already known from the beginning. And, you know, again, I don't, we're, we're going to spend some more time before we get to, you know, Jesus in the new Testament, but there's, um, I forget which gospel it's in, but it talks about how, you know, Jesus has wrapped up his ministry elsewhere and he sets his eyes towards Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he knew what was coming. He's on and a like, mission. You know, God, God knew from this day in the garden mm-hmm. what was going to be coming. And ev- everything in between, like you said, it's all, you know, it's not a straight line, but it's all full of intention. And I think it helps make sense of some of the chaos that mm-hmm. we see in the Old Testament. I mean, we've studied judges recently as a family and then I'm in, I think Kings now and it's Mm. kind of depressing. You're like, Oh, this is so messed up. Like there's so much like gore sometimes. And so what is all this going towards? And I do think it helps give context. Like God has never been hands off and he's always been moving us forward and it's always been redemptive Mm -hmm. in his purposes, even through judgment, there's that redemptive purpose. So just a few examples want me to head in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Introduce us to the the skull crushing. Good deal. Let's talk about skull crushing because yeah, it's redemptive. Um, Just a few examples really. So I'm I'm just going to give you some... um, passages and then kind of give you a brief mm-hmm. explanation because we don't have time yeah. to go into all of them. But Numbers 24, 17. So this is when Balaam was prophesying mm-hmm. against Israel. And he prophesied about the Messiah that was coming um, and that he would crush the forehead of Moab. Okay. And that actually refers back to Genesis 49. There's this rod of leadership that's going to, that that's tied in with the seed because you also see the theme of the seed being Messiah Mm. coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of these passages, and then you have judges four and five, which this story, I shouldn't love it, but I love it because it's kind of girl power. I don't know. Um, so after Deborah and Barak Mm -hmm. routed out the enemy, um, this guy named Sisera, which that Mm -hmm. sounds really serpentine. Sisera. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he comes to the tent of JL and she's like, come on, come yeah. on in. And her name JL means Yahweh's God. Mm. Um, and he, she said, come into my tent. I'll pre- uh, you can stay here, you know, cause he's fleeing from mm-hmm. this army. So he's one of the bad guys, um, an enemy. And then she's like, come on in, take a rest, gives him some milk and he falls asleep. And then she literally, literally drives a tent peg through his temple, yeah, which is ouch. so gross. Um, but she is the seed of the woman. She, I mean, in a figurative sense, she's an Israelite mm-hmm. and she is crushing the skull of mm-hmm. their enemies. Mm-hmm. So there's that one. Uh, if you're looking for a girl name, JL is awesome. <laughs> Abimelech. So Abimelech was actually an Israelite. He was the son of Gideon, um, but he would be considered according to scripture, a seed of the serpent. So it's not mm. always a biological thing. You see um, in like John 8, when Jesus says, you're of your 
I think it was John, Jesus or John the Baptist who said, you're of your father, mm-hmm. the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an ethical aspect to that where you become, um, you become like who you worship. Mm-hmm. And so if we're, if we're not worshiping God, we would become mm-hmm. like the, ser- the serpent. So like a seed of the serpent. So anyway, he was an ethical seed of the serpent, I like to say. And a millstone actually crushed his head. That's how he died. A woman dropped mm-hmm. a big stone on his head. So he had this, it's, I mean, like I said, it's kind of gruesome, but there's this theme, like the enemies of God, their skulls are getting crushed. Um, David and Goliath. How did David mm-hmm. kill Goliath? With a stone. Yeah. And uh, it crushed his head. It knocked him out. And then he cut off his head, but... <laughs> just to make sure. Um, Psalm 110, we're getting a little less gruesome here, but in Psalm 110 verse one, God promises to make the Messiah give his enemies to him as a footstool to, so they would be under his feet. Um, and Acts 2.35 actually quotes from that. Um, and then Daniel 2.34 and 35, the earthly kingdoms are going to be smashed by the stone that turns into a mountain. So that's a lot of figurative... Um, language and prophetic visions that Daniel was having, but there's this idea of smashing, of crushing. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have the very literal, okay, Sisera, head crushed, but then you have some other ideas and and literary themes that come through there. So, and then this is actually getting us towards Christ here now, because I'm going to Revelation 12. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a really visceral imagery. And Revelation 12, just take time to read that chapter. Um, the imagery, it communicates the reality of the spiritual war that's mm-hmm. going on around us all mm-hmm. the time. And so um, there's a woman giving birth. There's not much more visceral yeah. imagery than that. <laughs> yeah. So you have the woman giving birth. And while she's in her labor pains, the, the serpent mm-hmm. or the dragon is standing over her waiting to devour the child. Mm-hmm. Um and then in all of it, the Messiah was protected. Then the uh, serpent goes to make war on God's people. So you kind of have this idea where there's like the seed, mm-hmm. which is Messiah. But then you have the seed, which is more general, yeah. which would be like God's people throughout time. And so um, then the dragon or the serpent is defeated by the word of their testimony. And so that is kind of a, like I said, a big picture of like what has been happening in history and what's happening mm-hmm. and then how it ends. Um, and then Ephesians 1, 20 and 22, I'm going to just turn there because yeah. we have time. Um, where are we at here? Mm-hmm. Ephesians 1, 20 and 22, it's talking about a present, or a reality that's already happened. So you have, uh, let me just read it. Verse 20. Um, I'm going to start in verse 19. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In verse 22, and he, that would be God the Father, put all things under his, that's talking about Christ, feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church. So there's this idea that the Messiah all things have been put under mm-hmm. his feet, mm-hmm. like this, the foot crushing the skull kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But that's past tense. That happened. When yeah. he raised Christ from the dead, there was this Christ was given dominion idea. Um, and then, let's see, Romans sixteen twenty talks about the fact that um, the God of peace 
will soon crush Satan under your feet. So somehow the believers like are going to have a part in defeating mm. the serpent, but it's not 100% complete yet. So I mm-hmm. feel like the death blow has been mm-hmm. has been struck and we're not quite finished with the total defeat yet. Um, and then just Galatians 4, 4 and 5 makes it very clear that mm-hmm. Jesus is the seed of the woman that's been talked about all this time. Yeah. So I was like really quick, like no, through, I love it. Love it. through, but does that, I do mean, do you, yeah. any questions about that or I anything? Mean, that's yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, and I feel like it's, it's interesting. Cause like all the, all of the story, you know, s- stories, true things that happen right. are, are, are things that you can take in snapshot. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until, you know, you kind of take a step back and look at this like big picture, you know, mm-hmm. like we talk, we talk about the big meta narrative mm-hmm. of scripture and right. you see, you know, these things woven, woven. Through. And I think sometimes we take the Bible and we treat it so differently from other literature, which mm-hmm. is appropriate because it's God's word to right. us. But you read a book series and you make all these connections all mm. over the place. And I think sometimes we make the assumption that God didn't design his yeah. book as carefully as maybe some other people did. And so to, to see those unifying themes yeah. and then just kind of step back and marvel. And, and a point that Jim Hamilton made in his article that I read is that ancient people were smart. Like they would have read this or heard this and been like, oh yeah, Yeah. I know they, they, Mm -hmm. they would understand it. Mm -hmm. I think we have this perception sometimes that people in history just weren't very smart (laughs) and they wouldn't have been able to understand. Yeah. And they're probably looking at us like, what is going on with these wackos? Yeah. (laughs) In in first Peter, I mean, it talks about the, the, there were, there were things that were mysterious to the prophets and Mm -hmm. to to the writers of scripture. I think yeah. they didn't have a full grasp, but I think that they would see, okay, something, there's mm-hmm. something that's happening right. with this whole yeah. seat of the woman and the skull crushing and the bad guys getting yeah. their heads broken and yeah. it's going somewhere. Yeah. They just didn't know exactly how it would come about in Christ. Yeah. And that is why it's such a joy to have God's word and yeah. to be on this side of the cross and be like, that's how it came together. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it makes sense too, that there are, this isn't, you know, you know, we talked about this, like it's not a, linear like one one spot in the old testament Mm -hmm. skip ahead to one spot in the new testament we have this nice like clean Mm -hmm. straight line um that there's multiple instances in the past and then we see that repeated in the new testament because we forget Mm -hmm. and you know we see that god encourages us often in the old testament to remember remember where you've been like because we're forgetful and if we if he had just said something one time Mm -hmm. like how easy would it for it be for us to just forget yeah I mean even with the multiple Mm -hmm. the multiple times we still forget but what a what a gift it is that like he meets us knowing our frailties that's right and giving us multiple ways to kind of see you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't he's not in it for a cat and mouse game where we have to, you know, catch this glimpse of God. Like he makes it easy to find. That's right. And, and then on top of that, we have the spirit of God to keep Mm -hmm. reminding us. And communication in general requires repetition. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this joke, like I told you, I loved you when you got married. What's your problem? (laughs) Why do I need to like tell you all the time or whatever? But God 
designed us to need repetition, mm-hmm. not just with words, yeah. but in actions and mm-hmm. pictures and memories and all these reminders in different ways. And he doesn't do less than that for mm-hmm. us in his word, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think beautiful is one of the only words that I can think of to describe that. Yeah. So... So we've kind of like set a great, you know, background for seeing, you know, a really full picture of this in the Old Testament and then, you know, a couple instances throughout the New Testament kind of syncing it together. But how, how do we see Christ himself kind of fulfilling this prophecy? In the yeah, and I think what the last text I mentioned there, Galatians 4, mm-hmm. 4, and 5, Jesus is the promised mm-hmm. seed of the woman. Yep. That's who God was talking mm-hmm. about in the singular format, and he is ultimately going to defeat the seed of the serpent, Mm -hmm. or the serpent himself. And so um, I guess I look at it, Christ's death on the cross, Mm -hmm. like so Christ was crucified, Mm -hmm. and that was a big deal, but in in reality that was the bruising of the heel. Mm -hmm. There was the, that happened there in the figurative sense. And then the resurrection shows that the ultimate destruction Mm -hmm. of that serpent is yet to come. So thinking about Ephesians 1, where I was reading, that's what that's talking about. The resurrection proves, boom, Mm -hmm. that was just a bruised heel, buddy, and you are done. Um, And then Revelation 20, verse 10 talks Mm -hmm. about that ultimate defeat when when the battle is completely done. Mm -hmm. Um, And what are God's purposes for drawing things out? I mean, he's drawing so many of us to himself. I think he's showing to the world what justice and mm-hmm. um, wrath look like, mm-hmm. but also how beautiful redemption and grace and mercy are. Um, and and against that backdrop of mm-hmm. the judgment, you have the salvation, which is, shines that much brighter. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's also interesting to just see see the enemy's response at all of these different stages. I think, you know, something that I often kind of forget, you know, we talk about God's, you know, omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence. And I, a lot of times wrongly think that, you know, the enemy has all those same capabilities and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So he's had, you know, he's been lying in wait, since chapter three in Genesis two to figure out who, you know, where's the Messiah coming from and to be ready. You know, he, he's been ready at every stage of the game to try to thwart this plan. And I think that's what that imagery in revelation 12 was like, if you think about the Israel's history, Mm -hmm. so old Genesis three or Genesis 12 is really where Abraham starts, but all the way until Christ dies on the cross, that's almost the point where like the woman's giving mm-hmm. birth and the serpent is like hovering. Yeah. Cause I don't think he knew exactly yeah. when and how it was going to happen. Yeah. So, and so this constant barrage of like attacking mm-hmm. the seed of the woman, attacking God's people, um, to, to try to defeat ahead of time or whatever. Right. And he had no, yeah. I, and I think also, the idea that we sometimes give too much credence to the mm-hmm. enemy and then sometimes we don't understand the insidious nature mm-hmm. of the battle that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go through my day and I'm like, well, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just grumpy today. I'm like, well, yeah, but there's an enemy of my mm-hmm. soul that wants to destroy everything about me. Yeah. And so then when opportunity for sin comes up, I'm like, well, it's just this. But it's like, no, he's trying to destroy you yeah. and everyone around you. Yeah. And so taking that seriously, but then also not living in a defeated way because we are 
the seed. We are the children of God. We are, we are on the side of the victor, mm-hmm. which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about this a little bit, but it, it, are there any other thoughts that um, come to mind about why this particular prophecy is um, in its fulfillment is meaningful? Yeah, I think, first of all, I just need hope. Mm. I just need to know that all of this really hard stuff is going somewhere and that this isn't all there is. Mm -hmm. I need to know that uh, the God we serve is trustworthy Mm -hmm. and he hasn't forgotten us. Um, He hasn't left us without help. Um, I need to see that even though there's a lot of hard stuff happening, God is always working his salvation. He always was working his salvation and he will not be thwarted. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a beautiful hope. I think also seeing how this just kind of almost like technically seeing how this, this theme goes throughout all the scripture, it helps me to have more confidence in God's Mm -hmm. word. So one thought that I had is that God's word and his plan are not just helter skelter. But if we see demonstrated in Christ, there are always these constant reminders, reaffirmations of his promises. And so like the Old Testament is not just some like weird story that like with lots of violence and creepy stuff in it. Um, It's part of what God's Mm -hmm. trying to tell his people. It's part of his plan. And like God was just demonstrating that his glory it's shown through salvation, in salvation, mm-hmm. through judgment, and and God's word is a beautifully arranged book mm-hmm. and a beautifully arranged message and story, which is true, the, mm-hmm. a true story that is taking us somewhere. And I can trust all of it, mm-hmm. and I can look into all of it, and through the hard and the dark and the scary parts of it, I can say God was never stopped working mm-hmm. and he never will. Yeah. And that's a really important truth for my life. Yeah. yeah. So. And I love like, even in this particular prophecy, you know, everything God does obviously is done with intention. Like there's, there's never, you know, it's never just a coincidence that things happen the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, him knowing exactly what point in time he was going to have Christ come on the scene. Um, just how countercultural it would have been to make this promise that he would intentionally use and mention the, the seed of the woman Mm -hmm. that not just a general, like I'm going to send a redeemer, like that would have been good news enough. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, you know, and we see, we see Christ's intention, you know, in his earthly ministry, um, utilizing marginalized people mm-hmm. and, you know, touching people that society didn't want to touch. Right. And so even that, that intentionality of how he was going to fulfill this particular mm-hmm. promise, like he could have done it anyway, mm-hmm. but knowing, you know, what society was going to look like at that point and, you know, who he chose to, you know, use for this prophecy and, you know, the people that he used, um, in his earthly ministry, the disciples, just like none of that was an accident. Right. And he, there are no accidents in your life either. Yeah. There are no accidents in my life. And I mean, a whole 
a whole different theme, which would be amazing to study and discuss, is that God just turns things upside down. Mm -hmm. He always uses the people you wouldn't expect. I mean, even David, we look at David Mm -hmm. as this wonderful, strong... Well, he was the youngest son. He was the one out with the sheep that they didn't even bring in yeah. as the option. Yeah. They're like, oh, I guess we need another option. We'll bring in David. <laughs> right. Or, I mean, if you read Hannah's song in mm-hmm. Samuel, uh, if you read Mary's song in, I can't remember which gospel it's in. <laughs> um, if you read, it's all about God just turns mm-hmm. the the societal norms upside mm-hmm. down so often. And he uses the weak things mm-hmm. of the world to confound the wise yeah. and That's a really great truth. The Mm -hmm. older I get, the more I have this recognition of I'm not one of the good guys without Christ. Um, I'm a lot weaker than I thought I was. You know, at 25, you're like, I got the spiritual thing down. (laughs) Jokes. Yeah. And then you grow older and you see a little bit more clearly your Mm -hmm. own heart and the struggles there. And then you see... um, yeah, you just I, I guess you just see yourself more clearly mm-hmm. and I'm realized without Christ I'm not one of the good guys. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not like this Xena warrior princess Christian. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really old yeah. reference. Sorry. I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> I'm not a Xena, Xena warrior princess Christian. I am I'm a someone with a limp by the grace of God that he's brought in and called mm-hmm. his child and he gives me strength but his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Yeah. And I think goodness and I don't know when this is going to be airing, mm-hmm. but when we're recording it, you know, we're in a time of, of just, I don't even know the word to use with coronavirus and all this stuff. And society mm-hmm. is kind of, seems to be tearing mm-hmm. and um, in a difficult place in so many different areas of life. And so these promises are mm-hmm. what hold things together. I was telling a, a young lady I was mentoring you know, her graduation got canceled mm-hmm. and all of these special events got canceled. And like the marriage supper of the lamb mm. will not get canceled. <laughs> and that to me is, ah, God is going to do his work and nothing mm. surprises him and nothing gets in his way. And he has good plans. Mm-hmm. He's got the judgment. He's got the salvation. And then he has beautiful promises, Mm -hmm. all the other promises that we can count on. And ultimately we're going to be on the new earth with him and live these full and rich lives. We we recognize now, I think even more than ever, this is a a sin cursed world. Mm -hmm. There's, there's something wrong. Like every beautiful moment is tinged with the curse. And, um, and that's not always going to be that way. Yeah. Well, as we kind of wind down, are there any um, any last words of encouragement you might have for our listeners? Yeah, I think especially for women, it's so easy for us to get involved in all the daily details of life. Mm. You know, we I'm doing lots of dishes, and <laughs> I don't have babies anymore, so I'm not changing I'm not changing diapers and those sorts of things. Praise the Lord at this point in my life, um, but. We have to make time to get in God's word because we desperately need it. I desperately need it. And if I don't make it the priority, it's just not going to happen easily. In different seasons, you know what? There might be a season where if you can listen to a podcast while you're washing dishes, that's going to be what you can do. But I do think feeding ourselves Mm -hmm. on God's word is so important and not being intimidated by it, um, not being afraid to dig in and ask hard questions and seek out answers. Um, I would just encourage 
just do it. We need to be women of the word. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going to find our strength and, and really a lot of hope and peace because we can see that God keeps his promises. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. My pleasure. It was so great to talk and just be reminded um, that we are not, that we are bruised, but we are not crushed. Amen. Okay, so That's right. Great being with you today. Great. Thank you so much.